which uh, coming out of the, the, the mouth of my wife, she said, it's the dumbest holiday. But we think about that and we think how much you love maybe your, your, your significant other, your spouse, and God's love is so much greater. It's so much greater, and I'm thankful for that today. We want to thank you for uh, being here today. Thank you for uh, taking time out of your schedule to, uh, to be with us. And um, today's message is it's special, especially for those who, who are discouraged. Anybody ever get discouraged? Anybody discouraged right now? Let's, let's just get it out front. All right. Um, you're not alone uh, because we all hurt sometimes. In life, we, we all hurt. And so my prayer is that this morning, that as we continue our series, it's time, which we're studying the book of Haggai. And so if you're just joining us, this is the second week of this series. Now, if you missed last week, I want to give you just a little bit of the backstory. I want you to, to understand what's going on at this time so that you can understand the main story. So last week we talked about when King Solomon built the most magnificent temple, the greatest building that, that had been built, it was mind-blowing how incredible that this temple was. So people came from all over just to, to worship God. And some people just came to, to be nosy because they heard it was so, so awesome. But unfortunately, after King Solomon died, uh, the people turned away from God. They became distracted. Uh, they started uh, worshiping idols. So God allowed a series of events to take place in order to, to try to bring their focus back to him. So as we learned last week, the, the temple was destroyed in 587 B.C. under the rule of King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, the, the Babylonian army came in and destroyed it, and they, it was completely, they devastated the entire place including the house that, that God dwelt in. Then the Jewish people were taken into captive for five decades. So for 50 years after the temple was destroyed, they were taken into captivity. So you can imagine the, the sense of relief and, and the hope that they had when they found out that there was going to be a, a group of them that were going to be able to go back to their homeland. And, and so when they got there, their first priority was to build the temple. So they started building the temple. They got the foundation in place, and then they got the altar in place, and then they met some resistance. And when they met that resistance, for 14 years, the temple sat there, unfinished, no progress. So God raised up the prophet Haggai, and he said, I, I need you to call the people back to task. Let them know that it's, that it's time to, to, to get their focus back. It's time for them to, to quit worrying about their own houses and, and to start worrying and putting me first. And so that's where we pick up the story with that in mind. In Haggai chapter 1 verse 13, we read this. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shetel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Josiak, the high priest, 
and the spirit of the whole remnant of people. It says, the Lord stirred up. And they, be- they came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God. So here they are. They're at this point in life. And God said, wait a minute, you've got to get back on task. So he stirred up their spirit. You see, that's sometimes what God does in our life. God will often stir up our spirit. God will give you hope to accomplish something that he puts on your mind. There will be times that you're discouraged. There are going to be times that you you just want to give up. There's going to be times, but, but if you will listen to the voice of God, He will stir up your spirit. And that's what he did for the people here. He gave them a sense of faith. He gave them a a sense of hope. They knew they were supposed to rebuild the temple, but they were discouraged. And it says that, that he stirred up their spirits. And if you're a follower of Christ, there's going to be times that just out of nowhere... That you get this, this sense of urgency and, and, and you can say, man, God has put this in my heart and, and I feel stirred in my spirit to do what he's called me to do. And you'll have faith to do something that, that you want to, to attack. Something that, that you know needs to be done. And, and when you feel that, that is God stirring up your spirit. So they started working on the house. We can do this. With God's help, we can do this. We're going, to, we're going to, to finish and we're going to build an amazing temple. And the Bible tells us that one month went by. One month to the day. And guess what happened? They quit again. They quit again. And they had one of their, their big religious festivals And all the people came in and they gathered around and looked at what you could consider the construction site. And they were like, this is it? This is is pathetic. I mean, you haven't made any progress. So all of a sudden, once again, everyone was discouraged. Everyone was embarrassed. We're trying to do our best. And you don't like it. They were discouraged. So one month in, they quit. We think about that in our lives. How often does that happen? How often? We're going to do this. God's put this in my heart. We're going to to march forward. And then before, it seems like before we ever get started, we we quit because we become discouraged. I was thinking back over my life. And I was was trying to to think about a time in my life that, that I just simply gave up. When I was... Going into 10th grade, I had never played organized basketball before. And so I was always just a little bit on the chubby side. Chubby and basketball don't mix. But during my my 8th grade summer, I took a growth spurt. And so so I I lost weight. So I decided, okay, I'm going to play basketball. So I went out in 9th grade, I played that was junior high back then. Uh, and uh, so then when I got to 10th grade, I thought, so that summer, after my 9th grade year, I, I, I worked on my game. You know, I would practice and, and, and do all these things because I wanted to play high school basketball. 
So, so the time came, and, and so here we are in the very first day of tryouts. I go in, and you know, we do all the things, all the, the suicides and all the drills, and, and things were going great. So near the end of the, the tryout of that day, it was a multiple-day tryout, they said, okay, we're going to scrimmage. So when it came my time to scrimmage, I, I, I'm there, and, and you know, I was probably only six foot tall. Um, so a shot went up, and we were scrimmaging, and I thought, okay, I've always been taught you got to box out. So I, so I went to, to box out, and the next thing I know, someone comes soaring over me, grabs the ball, dunks it over my head, and at that moment, guess what I did? Coach said, that's a good time to end practice. That's a good time to end this tryout. It was an awesome play. I got my stuff, gathered it up, went out and got in the car, and never went back. Never went back. Because at that moment, even though I had prepared myself for this, I became discouraged because I thought, there's no way. I'm not going to make this team, and if I do, I'm going to get dunked on all the time, and that's no fun. I'm going to be handing out the water bottles to, uh, to the star players, and that's no fun. Sorry if there's any water boys here. So I quit. I never went back. It was the last time that I ever played organized basketball was my ninth grade year. But as you begin to look back over your life, you see, there's things in our life that that you could testify to that has happened to you. You get this thing and you say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, to attack this. I, they said, you know, we're going to build this temple. But then one month later to the day, they flame out. They quit. And for you, I don't know what it might be. You, you know, you might be saying, I'm going to get out of debt. I'm going to get out of debt. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, man, there comes Christmas. Okay, forget that. We'll put that on hold. Or I'm going on a diet. And then, as you walk into Walmart, there they are, selling Girl Scout cookies. Oh, give me some boxes. We'll worry about the diet later. You start going to the gym, and, and then all of a sudden, you, you think, man, I'm not making the, the progress. I've been here three days, and I've not seen any progress yet. You get discouraged. And that is exactly what happened to the people of God in this story. They said, we're going to do this for God. We're going to make a difference. And then one month in, when they didn't get what they expected, they got incredibly discouraged. So God had Haggai, he said, ask them this question. And when I think about this question, to me, it's a, it's a loving question. It's like God is, is trying to get to the bottom of or to the root of this discouragement that they're going through. And if you're discouraged today, it's probably because of, of one of these two things. God asked them this question in Haggai chapter 2, verse 3. He said, who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? And how does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? 
He said, ask them this question. And this morning, I want to talk about two causes of discouragement. Two causes of discouragement. The the first one is comparisons. Comparisons. These people, they're doing the same thing that we often do. They begin to, to look at and compare their start to someone else's finish. A lot of times we look at our life and, and, and we start something. But when we start to compare ourselves to where someone else is, we become discouraged. We look at where they are and, and we've just started. And we think our, our temple doesn't look very good. Their finish was, was so much better than where we are. Now, Bible scholars will say that, that when Haggai was about 70 to 75 when, when he wrote this book. So that means that Haggai w- was old enough to remember the former temple. He was old enough to remember what it used to look like. He was old enough to remember that Solomon's temple was amazing. When he looked at this temple, he had to also know that this one wasn't so amazing. So there's this sense of comparison. There's this sense of, I see where they were. I know what it used to look like. I know what the the finished product was. But it's not like that now. Last week, someone sent me, I told you that we have been in this building for uh, almost a year. The beginning of March will be a a year that we've been in this building. And uh, about a week ago, somebody sent me a couple of pictures that had come up on their timeline of one year ago in February. So less than a month before we moved in here. And can I tell you, this place was a wreck. There were times that I walked in this building and I thought, it's it's just not going to happen. I mean, when I looked at these pictures, less than one month, the carpet wasn't down. This was still just mudded for painting. The ceiling hadn't been painted. The stage was a mess. The curtain wasn't up. The screen wasn't up. And I begin to look at that, and I can remember coming in and thinking, this place will never be nothing. God, you have put me over this church, and I've just brought them here to die. Or, I'm going to die. But there was this sense of comparison, and I would look at other churches and think, man, that place ended up looking so nice, and it was discouraging. I mean, we were working as hard as we could work. It's discouraging. Why? Because I was comparing the finished product to where we were. And we do that in our life sometimes. We'll look at someone and say, well, well, he's got a great job. He's got an amazing car. They have a fantastic house. And look at me. I hate my job. My car barely runs. I live on the wrong side of the tracks. I don't like my life. Or maybe... Maybe you start comparing your kids to their kids. 
You know, her kids go to, go to school with perfectly matching outfits. They go to, they have baked goodies every day in their lunch. They've collected college credit in the, in the fourth grade. My kids are barely dressed. I mean, I think they had pants on today. My kid forgot their lunch money. My kid's flunking recess. And you feel so bad, and you start doing this compare game. And you think, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I don't, I don't measure up. Man, I wish I could be like that mom. I wish that, that, that my life could be like their life. And you feel so bad, and, and so then you, you go to Instagram, and you look and you say, well, there they are, traveling again. Where are they this time? They're on another vacation, and I can't even afford to go to the grocery store. And then you look at their picture, and, and you say, well, look how, many, look how many likes that picture has. Look how many hearts. Nobody likes my pictures. And you start comparing all of these different things, and, and suddenly you feel so incredibly discouraged. And you think, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my life? Just like they did here. They begin to, to compare their pathetic attempt to build this new temple and how that it paled in comparison to the glory of Solomon's temple. And they begin to say, we're a failure. We're discouraged. We're going to give up. We're going to stop. I'll never get to that place. There were days that I walked in here and I thought, man, if, we, if I could just call the owner of where we were and tell him we're coming home. Because I thought, we'll never get there. And you may be sitting here this morning and, and you begin to, to compare yourself. And you start looking at someone else's life. You become discouraged. The second thing that will keep us in this state of mind is a lack of progress. Lack of of progress. They said, here we are a month into this thing and it's not going well. Here we are a month into this and we're trying so hard, but we're not getting anywhere. Anybody ever felt like that? You say, I I'm going to go on a diet and, and, and you eat nothing but lettuce for 30 days. And you get on the scale and you've gained three pounds. I quit. Bring me some donuts. If I'm going to be fat, I'm going to enjoy it. Or maybe you, it just seems like you take two steps forward and then something happens. And you take three steps back. Anybody ever been there? 
Sometimes it's, it's in the physical. Sometimes it can be a lack of spiritual progress. You think, man, I've been trying to follow Christ for, for all this time, but I still have anger issues. You get up on Sunday morning, you say, we're going to go to church. And you get in the car. But before you get in the car, you fight all morning long because you're late. And you're mad at your spouse or your kids because you're late. And you argue and fuss the whole time. And you're thinking, man, here we are going to church, but we're fighting the whole way. Every Sunday. It shouldn't be like this. It's a lack of progress. I mean, you would think by this time that, that things would be different. You would think that, that by this time uh, we would be better off. And so you, you wake up one day and you're dis discouraged because of lack of progress. And you say, I'm not where I thought I would be. I'm not where I thought I would be. She's ahead of me. He's doing more. They have this. They have that. That person can pray, and it just seems like that as soon as they do, it just everything just is answered. I've been praying for years, and it's not happened. I'm trying my best. I'm not making any progress. And so one day, you begin to feel as they, as they did, and you say, I'm, I'm not even sure it's worth it. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe you say, you know what? I'm giving it everything that I have. I'm trying my best to make this a better relationship. I'm giving everything that I can, but, but, but nothing's happening. I'm not getting anything in return. Some of you, it could be with your kids. You're praying for them. You're praying and, and you give them good advice. You're trying to, to help them with decisions. And you've tried everything, and they still make bad decisions. Anybody ever been there? And they won't listen. You feel so discouraged. Maybe it's, it's a particular sin. You're trying to overcome this, this, just one, this one particular sin that it just seems like keeps weighing you down. And you think, I've been walking with, with God and with Jesus all this time. But I still can't overcome that. I still can't conquer that. Maybe it's just not worth it. Maybe it's just not worth it. I've seen so many people, they, they start and they say, I'm going to follow after Christ. And as soon as they make that decision, they become discouraged because of lack of progress. I thought I would be in a different place by now. So one day you just wake up and say, it's not worth it. I've worked harder. I've tried harder. I've did my best. And, and I'm just discouraged. Can I tell you, you're not alone. You're not alone. As your pastor, I want you to know that, that I deal with it. I deal with it. I, I, I try so hard to, to help people in their marriages. And it seems like the more I counsel them, the, the more divorce happens. 
I work on messages and, and, and try to keep them relevant. And, and, and on a Sunday morning, you start getting messages. Oh, I've got this, this, I've got, I'm going camping. I'm going fishing. Sometimes as people may get hurt by something that I do or say. I know that you find that hard to believe. Or maybe you've been, you've been let down by th- this church. That grieves my soul. And, and I'm not telling you this so that you say, oh, poor pastor. I, I want to show you that you're not alone. I mean, there are, there are times in, 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 in my life that I look at things and I say, you know what? It'd be really easy to be discouraged. So here these people are, and they're building this temple. We're going to build this temple. We're going to do it. Then they say, it's never going to be as good as Solomon's. We're doing the best that we can, and our best is just not good enough. So in that moment, in that moment, God gives them the most loving And simple instructions. It shows how loving that he is. If you remember last week, when they began to, to, God called them back to start working on the temple, he gave them something very simple. He gave them three steps. And he said, go up the mountain, bring the timber down, and build my temple. Step by step, they weren't easy, but he said, go up the mountain, get some timber, bring it down, and build my temple. One, two, three. And we said last week that sometimes it's so difficult for us to do one, two, and three because we're worried about the end result. But God gave them, he said, just worry about one, step two, and step three. And we talked about choosing the the difficult right over the easy wrong. And when you look at this list, you know that it wasn't easy to do. But he said, just do what I'm asking you to do. So when we do these steps, which like they did, we can still get discouraged. So in Haggai chapter 2 verse 4, God tells them this. But now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josedach, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. Two simple steps. He said, be strong and work. Be strong and work. He said, I know you're discouraged. I know you're discouraged. But in this moment, be strong and work. Be strong and do the work. And these are things that we must understand and realize that we must do.
Now, we could end it right there. And we could just leave here saying, okay, we've got to be strong and do the work. But you want to know what the problem with that is? That's not easy. To do in ourselves, it's almost impossible. I mean, I want to be strong. I want to do the work. But when I begin to rely on just myself, I always fail. What else did he say? He said, for I am with you. I am with you. Get that in your spirit. I am with you. Be strong. Do the work. I am with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says this. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. You see, if I have to be strong on my own, I can't do it. If you try to be strong on your own, you're going to give up. You're going to be discouraged. But to know, to know that we have a supernatural strength in us. We have a supernatural strength in us. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in us. And when you feel like that you can't go on, when you feel like that, that you can't do anything else, when you are about to, to give up, you're so discouraged that you just want just to go somewhere and just curl up in a corner. You want to just go hide out in your room. You just want to disappear. At that moment, you are a perfect candidate for God's strength to be strong through you. He said, be strong in the Lord. Do the work. I am with you. And so when you are discouraged, you have to decide to consistently choose the hard over the easy. You have to keep doing the work. You have to keep doing the work. That person that, that you've been reaching out to, and you're to a point that you're just ready to give up, You've got to continue to love that person. Be strong and do the work. When I live in discouragement and, and I look at, at my life and I can become discouraged in, in where I am and in the progress, what do I have to do? I've got to keep praying. I've got to keep seeking. I have to keep doing counseling. Even if I don't think it's doing any good, I can't do that in myself but he's with me. When I find myself in a constant state of comparison, 
When I look at other things and say, I'm not there, but I wish I was. When I get discouraged because I haven't seen any progress, what do I have to do? I've got to show back up. I've got to be strong. I have to do the work. You see, if you want to be successful, be consistent. If you want to be successful, be consistent. Consistency. Showing up. Doing the work. You can talk to to, to anybody. When you become consistent in doing something, you're going to see results. When you show up, when you do the work, you're going to see results. You say, well, how can I? I I can't. I'm so tired. I'm so discouraged. I can't keep going. I made a decision to follow Christ, and as soon as I did, it just seems like everything's gotten that much harder. Pastor, what am I supposed to do? Keep doing what's right. Keep being consistent. Keep doing the things that that you know that you need to do. That's the way you overcome discouragement. And you think, I can't. Well, you're right, you can't. You can't in your power. But the good news is, as Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, to do you not know that you're God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Be strong. Do the work. How? Through him. Through him. Have you ever been discouraged? This verse should help you with your discouragement. You're not alone in this. You're not alone. He's with you. He's with you. And he says, if you will just bring it to me, and you say, well, I've, I, I, I've done that before. And it just seems like every time that I do, I, I get discouraged and I, I give up. And, and then I become discouraged and disappointed in myself because I, I think look at people are looking at you now. You think people are looking at me because I've made this decision and, and here I am and, and, and I'm just a mess. Be strong. Do the work. Be strong. Do what you know to do. Be strong. Know that he's with you. Remember, God came to you. You didn't choose him, but he chose you. He made a sacrifice so that you could be right in his eyes. He's not only just with you, But if you're a follower of Christ, he's in you. 
You can do everything that he's called you to do. Everything. Very familiar scripture that you probably learned at a very small age. It's found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, when it says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I can do all of this. All. Not just some things. He said, I can do all of this, not in myself, but through the one that's living in me, through the one that that gives me strength, through the one that that picks me up when I'm discouraged, through the one that, that says, come on, let's go. And that's what happened in this passage of Scripture. He said, I know you're discouraged. I understand that that you think that that it's never going to get to where you want it to be. He said, but be consistent. Be consistent. Do what you know to do today and then let God do the rest. You're here this morning with every head bowed. You say, Pastor, Pastor, I'm discouraged. I'm discouraged. I'm not where I thought I would be. I'm trying. I'm trying to do everything that I know to do. And it seems like the harder I try, the more I fail. It feels like that the the more I put into it, the less I receive. Pastor, I'm, I'm to the point that I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I want to follow him. I want my life to change. But I'm discouraged. I'm disappointed. You're not alone today. You're not alone. If that's you, just slip up your hand. Pastor, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's me, Pastor. I feel like I should be in a different place. I'm discouraged. Be faithful. Be strong. Do the work. Not in your own strength. You say, Pastor, I I need God's help. Is there anybody else? I need him. I want to be faithful to him. Can I tell you that when you make that decision to be consistent No matter what comes your way, can I tell you that he's faithful? He's faithful. That he's going to finish what he started in you. He's going to finish what he started in you.
you're a follower of Christ, I'm, I'm telling you that, that in his strength, you can do the work. You may be here today and you say, Pastor, I've never really, I've never asked Christ to be Lord of my life. I'm not a, I'm not a follower of Christ at this moment in my life. And I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't feel like that I, I, I'm worthy. Can I tell you that you don't have to do the work? To become a follower of Christ, the first step is realizing that you don't have to do the work because Jesus has already done that. He lived a sinless life. He died as, as our sacrifice so that anyone who calls on his name would be saved. That all of your sins could be forgiven. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, that's me. I, I've never truly asked Christ to come into my life. And I'm so tired. And I'm so discouraged. I want something different. I want my life to change. Would you just slip up your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Listen. The work has already been done. The work has already been done. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. As everyone stands, here's what we're going to do. If you raised your hand and you're discouraged and you just need some encouragement, I want to give you a chance to come to this altar and be encouraged in the Lord. If you raised your hand and you said, Pastor, I've never made a commitment to Christ, but I want something to change in my life, I can tell you that this day could be the best day of your life. When you make that decision and realize that the work has already been done, and then at that point, you say, God, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to take it one step at a time. So if you raise your hand for either of those things, as they begin to sing, I'm going to ask you, do not hesitate. Do not allow the enemy to take this moment, to take this time that your life could change forever. On February the 16th, 2020, you can leave here. And it doesn't matter how many times you've been to this altar. It doesn't matter how many times that you've prayed the prayer. Be strong. Do the work. He's with you. He's with you. So as they begin to sing, don't hesitate. You, you will not come to this altar alone. We're going to pray. And as I pray, I'm going to ask that you just come. You can kneel. You can stand. However that you want to go before God. But God will meet you here. And your church family will meet you here too. Father, I come before you right now. God, you see every hand that was raised in this place. God, I pray right now by your power of the Holy Spirit. God, that you will allow those to know that you are with them. Allow them to know that you see them. God, that you know where they are. God, that you care about their hurts, their troubles, 
God, you care about the things that they're going through. God, we pray right now in your name, in your name, by your power, nothing that we can do, but God in you, God with you, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, sing it.